I am Caroline Ra, and you are listening to Spirit of the Dawn Podcast 12. Today, we'll be exploring intuitive astrology with my guest, Tanaz Chubb of Forever Conscious. Every single day since whence I wake, I feel the same. Somehow I have changed. Could do the people of the street. Yeah, made me feel it. Somehow life is sweeter every day. Somehow life is sweeter every day. Hey, uh, you've gotta find a time to change. Gotta find the time to find this time to embrace the colors, fine lines and shades. It makes this place, it makes this place great. I'll embrace the change. Whoa, 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 I'll embrace the change. Whoa, whoa. From beautiful Ashland, Oregon, I am Pleiadian Emissary of Light, Caroline Ra. Thank you all for joining me today. Welcome to Spirit of the Dawn. We are in for a fun show today as we'll be exploring the world of intuitive astrology, crystals, working with our spirit guides, and so much more. My guest, Tanaz Chubb, emigrated from Australia to Los Angeles to pursue her career as an actress. Along the way, she discovered her true calling as an intuitive astrologer and inspirational writer. Tanaz was then herself inspired to create the very popular site, foreverconscious.com. Many turn to her articles each day for clarity of purpose and to gain insights into navigating their journey. She helps others to listen inside to their own guidance and to understand the ever-changing energies affecting us on our paths. Tanaz has done countless readings that have helped to guide and inspire others. She has also written two books, Becoming Forever Conscious and Messages for the Soul, and released an e-course, How to Connect with Your Spirit Guides. I look forward to reading her articles each day, and am delighted to welcome Tanaz Chubb to Spirit of the Dawn. Tanaz, thank you so much for joining with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Tanaz, you have had such an interesting journey and learned important lessons along the way about empowerment and being true to yourself. You were diagnosed with an incurable disease at a young age. Could you share with us how this set you on a new course of self-discovery and a holistic lifestyle? Sure, sure. So I was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome, which really now is something that affects a large percentage of women. But when I was first diagnosed, which was about 10 years ago, maybe even more, there was not much information on it. It wasn't very common. And, you know, even though it's not life-threatening, the doctors were very bleak and scary um, when they gave me the diagnosis. It kind of felt like the end of the world in, in my reality at like 16 years old. So I took their advice and started, you know, taking medicine, drugs to help ease the symptoms because there was no cure, right? And I just started realizing that I had a lot of negative reactions to the drugs they were giving me and I wasn't really happy with their responses when I would try to explain or find out more information as to why I was having these side effects. They sort of just kind of brushed me off. You know, I felt ignored. Um, And then that frustration kind of led me to seek alternative therapies. And actually, it was interesting. It kind of all happened very uh, synchronistically. My mom's friend was studying how to uh, do flower essences and she was like, oh, let me, you know, um, would you like to have a go at doing, using some flower essences? 
And I was like, okay, sure. You know, I, I was sort of skeptical, to be honest, actually. I sort of thought, what are these flower essences? It didn't really make sense to me. But uh, I tried them and I was really just blown away with how effective they were. And then that sort of opened the door to a more holistic healing path. And it was sort of the catalyst to my awakening as well. And I kind of started to realize by the end of that journey that you definitely have the power to kind of heal your body and take your body, mind, soul, all of that into your own hands. I understand maybe, you know, you can't always heal everything on a physical level, but if your mind and your emotions are sort of at peace with it, or at least you're gentle with yourself, I think that can say a lot for your healing process. So you're illness was actually a real gift to you because you learned such an important lesson at such a young age. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It was definitely, definitely a gift. I mean, at the time, I didn't think of it that way, <laughs> of course, but bigger picture. Yeah, I definitely think it was a, a gift in that it helped to kickstart this whole process. You mentioned flower essences. I'm a huge fan of flower essences and I've used them with my family, with myself, and with my clients and had amazing results. Mm -hmm. Some people listening may not actually know what flower essences are. Could we talk about them a little bit? Absolutely. So the concept is that the flower is held in a bowl of water, and maybe you can add things if I'm missing out on anything here, but the water is held in a bowl of water and the sun's rays you know, hit the flower and it's believed to capture the essence in that water. Now, of course, the water is very pure and the flower is very pure and, um, and then that mother tincture or that essence becomes the sort of medicinal remedy. And they work on an energetic level. So obviously they work on a subtler frequency than let's say, you know, a generic drug or whatever. But I think if you're open and you're aware and you're sensitive or even just open to being sensitive with it, I really think it can have profound effects on an energetic level. Okay, I love your story about the green card. So you get to tell it, you get to do the whole thing. The green, Your green card story is really kind of funny. So could you share about that, please? <laughs> sure. So I know a lot of people listening are maybe are probably not aware that the U.S. offers a green card lottery. So you can, it's like winning, you know, uh, Powerball. You can enter your name into a lottery and be selected to win a green card, which entitles you to permanent residency in the U.S., so I had heard about it and I wanted to pursue acting. That was sort of a thing that I was, you know, uh, pursuing at that point in my life. And I heard about this lottery. So I thought, oh, okay, you know, I'm just going to enter. And to be honest, when I was filling the form out online, I really had no idea what I was doing. Actually, I remember you had to take a photo of yourself and I was like in my pajamas and I'm like, oh, let me just take a quick photo. So I took it on my phone. I was in my pajamas. I really, really didn't think that anything was going to come from it. And then, of course, a few months later, and I'd totally forgotten about it. A few months later, I received a letter in the mail saying that I had uh, won and had been selected for further processing. And then you kind of have to go through the whole process. But, yeah, it was a definitely a random thing that I never really would happen. However, I have always been talking about, as a, as a kid rather, I'd always been talking about moving to the US. Somehow, I mean, I know I was, you know, into acting and LA is kind of the place to be for that. But 
uh, I had always sort of felt a pull and a connection to the U.S. for some reason. That's a fun story. I enjoyed that. Uh, you had a career as an actress, and uh, did you enjoy it? I know that you haven't stayed with that, but did you enjoy the part that you were doing? What was your experience like? I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, I loved it. At the time, it was my number one passion, and I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else. I started around 17, 18, really getting into it professionally. I had a background in musical theater and then moved to like film and TV. And I really, I mean, I did, I did sort of small stuff, nothing big, few commercials. I was in a TV series that aired in Australia on a little community station. So it was nothing, you know, huge, but it was really stuff that I, I loved. I really enjoyed it at the time. And I, like looking back now, if you would have told me back then, oh, you're not going to be doing acting anymore, I'd be like, oh, yeah, right. That's never going to happen. Who knows? It might happen again. We don't really know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Nothing surprises me anymore. So. Well, I'll keep checking IMDb to see what you're up to. <laughs> wow. I absolutely, I discovered your site and I am so hooked. I actually go there every day to see what insights you are sharing. I find your writing beautiful and I encourage everyone to visit foreverconscious.com. Wow, you have a lot to offer. When did you first start connecting with your spirit guides? Hmm. You know, I was really young, I think. I think my first memory of it would have been, um, gosh, maybe I was like eight or nine. And I remember hearing a voice very distinctly like this is not you know from my head <laughs> and I remember hearing a name and I remember just feeling an amazing overwhelming feeling of comfort from this voice that I was hearing and then this voice I just kind of became my sort of imaginary friend and I was old enough at the time to know that imaginary friends were not really real but it was just something that a voice that I would connect with and communicate with sort of on my own and I never really spoke about it and then I sort of forgot about it as I got older I kind of you know stopped and then maybe I really reconnected with my spirit guides again when I had my awakening and then even more so when I moved to LA. That's interesting and you began doing readings for people when did you start helping other people with their paths? Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of funny looking back when I was in high school, I learned how to read palms and just really like it was something that I just read a book and was like, hey, can I read your palm? And it was really funny because I would literally have every single student <laughs> in my class and anywhere I went being like, oh, you read palms? Can you read my palm? And at the time, I just was like, oh, this is just kind of a joke. But, you know, looking back now, I was like, yeah, you know, I had a lot of people. I probably read like a hundred palms <laughs> that year. I don't, I don't know. It was a lot of random people would come up to me in school. I went to a big school. And so people would be like, oh, read my palm. Can you read my palm? So I think it's something that sort of always lived inside of me. But professionally, I only started doing it three years ago or two and a half, actually. Wonderful. You do the intuitive astrology readings now professionally. Can you share mm -hmm. with us your style? Because I know everyone has their own style and you have your own unique style of how you do that. Sure. Yeah, so I 
Uh, my understanding of like the maybe traditional, more scientific, if we can use that word, understanding of astrology is kind of limited. Like I know a lot about the theory, but maybe not so much in great detail, if that makes sense. But when I look at a chart, when I look at somebody's chart, it's sort of like something is unlocked inside of me. That's sort of the best way I can describe it. Kind of like the chart becomes my crystal ball, for lack of a better word. So it's sort of like I see the person's chart and then I start receiving downloads or information. So when I do my intuitive astrology readings, I'll look at your astrology chart and then I'll just start writing. And it's kind of like I'm receiving a download, I'm writing very fast, everything that's kind of coming out when I see that person's chart. And then I'll also combine a little bit of what I know about astrology, my knowledge of astrology, but I don't really go into aspects and, you know, your Venus is doing this and your Mars is doing that. I don't really talk about that. I more look at it in a bigger picture and on an intuitive level, which is why I call it intuitive astrology and not just plain astrology. Right, that makes sense. That sounds fascinating. We just had a new moon eclipse yesterday, and that yes. was March 8th, 2016. And I've learned a lot from you, from reading your writing, uh, all about how we're mm -hmm. affected by all the different things and your amazing YouTube videos, which are really great and lots of fun. Uh, tell us about the energy of this new moon eclipse and new moon eclipses in general. So new moon eclipses in general are sort of just like an amplified new moon. So whenever, so a solar eclipse will always fall on a new moon and they basically amplify the normal effects of a new moon. So a new moon is a time of new beginnings. We have a new moon every month and it really signifies a time of like new beginnings and fresh starts. And in order to sort of have that fresh start, things kind of need to be released, right? So in order to kind of step into the new, you have to kind of shed the old and then you're kind of ready to launch into that new thing. So there's a shedding process and then there's also a renewal process and that's sort of symbolized by the new moon. When a solar eclipse or when an eclipse happens, it amplifies that energy so we really, really, really feel it stronger than normal. This eclipse that we had yesterday on March 8 uh, fall, fell in the sign of Pisces. And actually, we had a beautiful lineup of planets in Pisces. I think there was at least five of them uh, all in Pisces. And Pisces energy is all about um, consciousness, spirituality, dealing with the higher realms, dealing with those deeper, more intuitive, esoteric thoughts and feelings that we all have kind of buried inside of us. And that was all amplified on this eclipse. And I feel that this eclipse was really helping people to dig deep within their souls, figure out what it is that they need to release and let go of in order to kind of step through this new gateway or this new portal that the eclipse opened up for all of us. And I think spiritual awareness and spiritual enlightenment, consciousness, awakenings, they were all themes um, carried in the energy of this eclipse. So I think people who are sort of on that journey or that awakening journey may have felt a nice boost or a nice kick during this eclipse. Wonderful, Tanas. And this energy also stays with us, right, for a period of time? 
Yeah, absolutely. It depends on the person's chart. Some people will feel an eclipse for a whole year, um, especially if your birthday falls near or close to the eclipse. Um, other people will feel it. So some people will feel it a month before it happens. Some people will feel it a month after it happens. And then some people will kind of feel it all in between that time frame. It really depends on your chart. Um, I think this eclipse will feel the strongest uh, for the next month. So till the next new moon and then till the moon also falls in Pisces again, which I think will happen by the end of the year. That's fun. We have an upcoming equinox which is mm -hmm. different depending on where you live and since you are from Australia you know that better than I do. So it is a vernal equinox for those of us in the northern hemisphere mm -hmm. and it is an autumnal equinox for the southern hemisphere. Yeah. And we've just exhausted my information and knowledge and you get to take over. <laughs> what is the importance and the significance of the equinox? Sure. Um, could you share with us, please? Of course. So in the Northern Hemisphere, we're entering, you know, spring, which of course has always been celebrated by the ancients as a time of rebirth, renewal, creativity, uh, new beginnings. It's sort of like the flower that's been a bud that's sort of lived under the soil and has been closed out to the world is suddenly opening and experiencing light to its fullest capacity. It's experiencing the world. It's at its fullest potential. So that's what people in the Northern Hemisphere, what kind of energy they'll be playing with in the vernal equinox. And I think Spring is such a beautiful time of creativity, fresh starts, you know, spring cleaning, clearing out the clutter, not only in your house, but in your body, in your energetic body, in your soul, all that stuff that you've been kind of carrying around, your heavy winter coat is all shed. For those in the Southern Hemisphere, it's sort of the opposite. It's sort of like you've been that flower, you've been out in the sun, and now it's time to you know, just like the flower petals drop off, you're sort of doing the same process to kind of go within, go internally and be within your own soul. It's sort of the dark night of the soul in a way for those going into winter. It really is about going within and working out where you're sort of, what you're sort of feeling, what you've kind of learned, what you've taken away, what needs to kind of be shed and let go of. And you're kind of in that process in that phase of working out what needs to be released. Thank you for sharing that. Do you have practices that you recommend to people to help them to navigate the different energies that they experience? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Those in the Northern Hemisphere, so you're entering into spring, definitely doing rituals with flowers crystals. Some people like to make offerings or put out offerings of, you know, brightly colored foods and eggs. You know, Easter definitely has a lot of, of the original kind of pagan ways to celebrate the equinox. So you've got the eggs, which of course is the symbol of, you know, new life. So some people like to do that. Some people like to make flower mandalas, which are like, you know, beautiful artwork of flowers that's sort of arranged in a circle with some crystals in there or you know bringing sort of any kind of light energy into your house into your body is are all great practices whatever that means for you and then in the southern hemisphere it really is more of an internal process you may want to do something that I like to recommend people to do 
any time of year, but can be really potent when you're going into winter and getting ready to sort of change vibrations is a, is a cleansing kind of bath. And you can also do this in the shower if you don't have a bath, but it's filling the bath with some essential oils and just really cleansing and getting in touch with your soul. And you can put some salts and some flower petals or dried herbs in there or whatever you feel and just really allowing yourself to kind of soak and release. And for those kind of going into the winter, it's sort of like you've been out in the sun, you've been exposed, you've been trying and experimenting and, you know, your, your masculine side has definitely, you know, that masculine energy, that driving force has kind of been what you've been leading with and now you're going within into that feminine, so really getting in touch with that inner world and connecting with that inner self is really important. So sometimes the bath can help kind of stimulate that. I love that idea, the cleansing bath. Thank you for all that great advice. I really appreciate oh, that. One of my favorite subjects is when Mercury goes retrograde, but I understand from information you've been sharing, Mars is going retrograde in April. Is that true? Yep, that's right. Um, Mars is going retrograde. What does that mean? So all planets go retrograde. Mercury kind of gets the the most press when he goes retrograde, but all planets will go retrograde. So when Mars goes retrograde, Mars is the planet of action and energy. He's the planet that gives us the, all the juice that we need to go out there and you know make our dreams into realities and pursue our goals and passions. When he goes retrograde, it's like he goes to sleep and his energy is not able to be fully expressed. So basically that's the universe's way of saying everybody slow down. Everyone needs to slow down and just sit with what they have, just be where they are and slow everything right down. And you may find that as Mars goes retrograde that we do feel delays, we kind of feel unmotivated to do things, we maybe we even feel a little sluggish. And this is all the universe's way of saying slow down, you just need to focus on what's going on already. It's kind of like a recalibration phase. That's kind of what I'm intuitively feeling that this is all about. It's kind of like we've had so many changes. You know, last year we had all those blood moon eclipses. We've had such a, a different change in frequency on the planet. And I think now it's about just taking what's already been going on in your life and just being at peace with it and accepting it and kind of moving into this phase of I'm just going to try and recalibrate with all the changes that have happened. I've got to kind of, my body has to catch up. That's excellent advice. Sometimes we might have a certain plan, but the energies don't support that plan. And it's, it's helpful, I feel, to know what the energies are supporting so that we can work with them. Exactly. Now, we're in 2016, kind of at the beginning of 2016. Mm -hmm. What is the theme for this year? What does this theme of this year look like? Sure. So kind of like uh, with Mars retrograde, he's going to be retrograde up until, you know, I don't remember the exact date. I think it's August or September. So for quite a while. So after he goes after he starts going direct, after Mars starts going back into his direct pattern of movement, we're going to have a Mercury retrograde. So then we all know, most people are very familiar with Mercury retrograde, we're going to sort of feel a little bit delayed and stunted with that too. 
And then after Mercury goes retrograde, we're going to start to see things picking up a little bit. So it's sort of like the middle chunk of the year is really going to feel slow. We have a lot of action and energy happening now and then things are going to kind of slow down in April and then things probably won't pick up again until October, November, December. So looking at that and looking at the planets and other stuff that's going on with some eclipses coming up at the end of the year and just how March is, I think March is really that foundational month. So much is going on. We've had an eclipse that we've spoken about and then we'll have another eclipse at the end of the month on the 23rd and then after that it's going to kind of be smooth sailing. Things are going to be very peaceful. We're going to feel just like I need to focus on what's on my plate right now and then things will pick up again towards the end of the year. Wow, that's really fun. You work with crystals. I have beautiful crystals and I don't know much about actually working with them. Can mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people have beautiful crystals and don't really know about the potential of working with the crystals that they have or how to find crystals to work with. When did you start with crystals? I started with crystals long time ago. I kind of, just like you were kind of saying, I collected them just because I thought they were beautiful. And also because as I was getting into my awakening, people were like, oh, you need crystals. And I was like, okay. So I started collecting crystals and sort of very similar. They just kind of sat there on, on a shelf and I didn't really know what to do with them. And I would hear people doing amazing things with them. But to be honest, when I tried to do anything with them, like hold them in a meditation or put them on my forehead on my third eye I didn't really feel anything to be honest and then it wasn't until I found this one particular crystal it was a piece of pink calcite and I started working with this pink calcite I was just holding it in a meditation actually I wasn't even doing anything special with it I just one day was like I'm going to use this in my meditation and then all of a sudden I really felt this crystal kind of come to life in my hands. It felt very warm and powerful, which is something that I'd never really felt in a crystal before. And I, it, this crystal really took me on a beautiful journey in my meditation. And then I just started using it all the time and I felt really, really connected to it. And that experience kind of led me to realize that if you don't have a connection with your crystals, it's sort of like, just working with a rock, you know, there's no meaning there. And I think really taking the time to find the crystal that vibrates with you, that you feel excited about, that you feel really connected to, will help you to intuitively know what kind of work you need to do with it. That's what my crystals on the shelf are saying, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're all like, crystals up, thumbs up, you know. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, I hope that that inspires people to uh, work with their crystals and get to know their crystals and uh, honor them for their wisdom. Yes. Oh, wow. You have written books that are people can find on Amazon.com. Becoming Forever Conscious, Messages for the Soul. Tell us about the books you've written. Sure. So Becoming Forever Conscious really was a, a book that I feel, I still don't know why I feel embarrassed to say this, but I literally wrote it in a few hours. That's how it just kind of came spewing out of me. I don't want it to sound like I just, you know, 
scrapped it together, but it really was something that I just felt so compelled to write. And I, I remember sitting there and just words were flying out. I couldn't even type fast enough. You know, it really felt like it came from a very deep place within me. And really, it kind of summarizes everything that I think my website is all about. It talks about how to really step into that first place of awakening, how to really think differently. You know, I think we grow up in a society where we're sort of programmed in a way to think certain ways, to be competitive with others, to follow our egos, that we need to kind of make a lot of money in order to be successful. And this book kind of talks about all the the more meaningful aspects of life and the more meaningful wisdom that sort of comes through when you're having an awakening and kind of what to do with it. And then messages for the soul. What is that about and how did you come to that information? Sure. So messages for the soul is a collection of sort of like mantras and affirmations. So there's about 60 mantras and affirmations and that book's really cool you can kind of flip to a random page and then receive a message or you can read it in order and sort of each each message is sort of guided and channeled for a specific purpose so if you open it to that page and you get that you know message on the page it's for you in a way so that book's really cool and I love I I use it myself I I love (laughs) Uh, yeah I love books like that it's also a wonderful gift don't you think yeah definitely definitely yeah and it's kind of cool it's sort of you know I have a lot of people that sign up for readings and this is just something that you can kind of do on your own if you sort of feel like I want to guide myself or I want to connect with my soul and I'm I want to get into that for me this book is a really great tool for that it's kind of very empowering because it's sort of in your own hands too At one point in your life, you unlocked the writer inside of you, and we all have a writer inside of us. Can you talk to us about the process of journaling to unlock that writer? Sure. Uh, I've been journaling for, oh my gosh, really, really long time. I started, I think my first diary or journal was started in 97, I want to say. So I've been writing for a really long time. One of the practices that I love um, when it comes to journaling is a process called morning pages and basically it's you write first thing in the morning you get up and you make a effort to write three pages back and front you know double-sided and what happens when you're writing is you're just dumping out everything that's in your brain everything that's in your head it's perfect if you're an overthinker or you're someone that likes to kind of analyze or go over things again and again and again which I do <laughs> sometimes And I think it just helps to kind of cleanse and release all that junk that we carry around. And it helps you to really start your day on the right foot, I feel. And that was a practice that really allowed me to kind of take my journaling to the next level, if you will. And it really helped me to see the benefits of what keeping a journal can really provide. So I think if you're an overthinker, if you're somebody that has a lot of repetitive thoughts or a very busy mind, I definitely think journaling or doing this uh, morning page practice is a wonderful way to kind of tame that. Yeah, some of us, me included, are, are stuck in our brains sometimes. And it's nice to find a way to stop those patterns of just always thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Sometimes people experience 
frustration, they bring frustration to the experience of trying to connect with their spirit guides. You have a wonderful course that's available. What is some of the couple a little bit if you give us a few clues to get past that frustration what that we bring to things sure I would say when it comes to connecting with your spirit guides that that frustration it's really gonna only sort of block you further which I know when I say that people are probably gonna get more frustrated but <laughs> I think it really is just about trusting and releasing and it's also connecting for the right reasons you know you're not connecting to you know get all this you know juicy gossip about your future that's not really the point the point of connection is really to not only develop your connection with the divine but it's also to just feel a sense of comfort and peace in your life and I think if you take it from that angle the frustration will disappear when you take your sort of I don't know to use the word ego out of it and you understand on a deeper level why connection is important it doesn't become as important to hear the response that you're looking for that's very helpful information. You have amazing videos that you've done on YouTube and I really enjoy watching them and they support the information that you have at the website. Could you explain about the videos and your inspiration for them? Sure. So the videos are like a weekly energy forecast. So it's sort of like astrologically and then also intuitively the energy that's going to kind of happen during the week and then I kind of summarize it in a video that's sent out to uh, everyone on Monday. So that's sort of the premise of the weekly energy forecast. The inspiration for it was really, I felt as a, you know, writing content on the website, it's all great, but sometimes it's really good to be able to hear things as well, especially for people who are auditory learners and also to kind of put a face to like, who is this person writing all this content? So that was sort of the inspiration for it. And I also really felt that people love and resonate with hearing that type of information. You know, people really feel guided and sort of supported and comforted by having a, an outlook for the week. That's sort of what I've really discovered. And I get a lot of positive feedback like, oh, thank you so much. This really helped me. And that's sort of also the motivation for it. If I see something that people really resonate with, it kind of also makes me feel good, you know? Yes, yeah. The, the videos are well done and they're very helpful and I can see where people, I'm enjoying watching them, I can see where people would find them very supportive of what's happening and kind of sets a nice tone. You have such a delightful manner and way of being and it's neat to connect up the writing, that the extensive writing you do with the videos. So I like yeah. that so much. Yeah, thank you. We have had a delightful time today talking with Tanaz Chubb, founder of Forever Conscious. I invite everyone to visit foreverconscious.com to read Tanaz's inspirational articles and to learn more about her beautiful offerings. Tanaz, I'm hoping that you can share some closing words of wisdom with us. Sure. So I'm really feeling from you know this interview and being part of Spirit of the Dawn and this process, I'm really feeling that the message that I feel guided to share with people today is sort of just being at peace with yourself. And I think that's something that we all sort of forget, whether you're, you know, very advanced in your awakening or you're just starting or wherever you are on the scale of your journey in this life. I really feel like being at peace with yourself and being at peace with your 
body is really important. And I feel as I listen to you speak, you have such a gorgeous, comforting voice. And I really feel like people feel a sense of peace when they listen and hear your podcast. And I think everybody, just like your voice and what you do with people and my writing and what I do with people, everybody's got a gift. It doesn't have to be in, it doesn't have to be, you know, providing a service. It's just everyone's got their own gift. And I think when you can tune and tap into that, that's when you're really able to make a difference in your life and in other people around you. Oh, how beautiful, Tanas. Thank you so much. It's been absolutely amazing having you on Spirit of the Dawn today. Oh, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it. It's been a true honor. I'm very grateful. Thank you. Deep gratitude to Brian, Zach, and Synergy for the use of their song, Embrace the Change. I thank all of you for joining with us today and invite you to visit spiritofthedawn.com for more inspirational interviews. Sending love from my home to yours, I am Theadian Emissary of Light, Caroline Roth.